everybody and their neighbor. I'm Jed Stone, and you're tuned into Gear and Gigs. So glad you guys could stop by. Today is part two of our NAM Show 2020 coverage, and uh, I've got the illustrious, the amazing, the still five foot ten Trey Hawkins. How you doing there, Trey? Doing all right. Yeah, glad to see you. Yeah. Um, we are going to start with uh, a, some some interesting new developments in the world of volume pedals. But before we get to that, I, as always, as is customary, I must start with a bottle of wine. Today, uh, one of my very favorites, Cabernet Sauvignon from California, you know, in tribute to the NAMM show. I try to keep it, you know, that way. Uh, we've got Carnivore. 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 Yes, it's, uh, it's a particularly good, um, not too expensive wine. I've had it on numerous occasions. It has led to uh, wonderful evenings. It's particularly dark. Mm. All right. Appreciate you guys waiting for me. We are ready to start. Now, today, I was telling Trey actually a little bit earlier about a new uh, volume pedal tuner thing from Ernie Ball. Uh, it's a, imagine a regular volume pedal from Ernie Ball sort of a look, but in the middle of it, you sunk down an iPhone, just basically into the center of the treadle. Ooh, good word usage, don't you think? It is. Treadle, thank you so early in the podcast. I don't think it's going to be the word of the day. I think it's going to be hard to use that later, but if you can, by all means. So uh, it's got a touch screen. It's got a readout that reads out a tuner. Uh, it also has a readout that will show you the amount of uh, volume pedals swing uh what would you call that uh, travel sweep there you go thank you that you've used out of i think 10 yeah. so it'll show you but it'll show you actually on a graph looks like uh, almost like a battery meter on your phone mm -hmm. shows you how far you've gone which is you know very convenient on a stage that'd be very nice to know as you walk up to it where it's at and uh and having the tuner built in is spectacular you can lock it all down so it can't be changed you can have it show either or or both it's actually sunk down below the level of the actual foot board on the treadle that's two. So you're not going to actually step on it probably anyway, but it's supposed to be tested for strength and all that sort of stuff. Pretty cool. Uh, $200, $199, I think, is the price point on it. Really? Yeah, I don't think they're that expensive. I mean, considering the price of a volume pedal and a tuner, mm -hmm. it's about the same. And to have, you know, one footprint, it, it, admittedly a, a larger one, but still. Right. Yeah. Was that something you would use on, on stage, you think? Um, I don't know. I, I had a, a volume pedal, bleh, volume sure pedal yeah. junior back in the day when I had my first pedal board and I was playing at church a lot and having on the, on the volume pedal, pe damn. Wow. Volume pedal. And I'm the one drinking the wine. Junior. Well, I pre-gamed. Uh, <laughs> That's why you were out on your tailgate in, in the, in the parking lot. I got it. Now. Yeah. I'm always, always got the cooler in the back. I see. I'm good. But, uh, I had a girl like that. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, the views of uh, Jeff Stone do not reflect <laughs> the opinions of this company. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough room. It's a tough room today. I don't know if you guys can pick up on the on the, the vibe, but it, it's a tough room. Go on. He had a tough day today. Oh. He had a tough day. I had a tough day today with carbon monoxide alarms and firemen and, yeah, I, and barking dogs. But But you had a tough day with, like, too many people asking too many questions, doing too many things. Yeah, the guys, come on. The internet's a thing. You, <laughs> you have access to Google. If you don't, I don't. I don't know, man. 
not to say that I want to be out of a job, right. but like there's a drastic difference between what are the different radiuses of these these instruments versus what side of the road are you on? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a tough one. But regardless, honing back in on this. Part. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, so when I when I used the uh, VP Junior with my first pedal board, I found and and I guess this was a thing at, at least at the time because everybody was using those that the tuner output mm. instead of acting like a like a train station switch going from the tuner out or the main out to the rest of your pedal board, uh, it was just always splitting your signal in half. Ah. And that was kind of a discouragement. People would like send them to, I can't remember if it was JHS or Wampler or somebody, and you'd get that fixed, basically. And they put a light in, and it was really cool. And that's like what all the, the people were doing. But I found out about this, and then all of a sudden I didn't, I wasn't doing that gig anymore, so I sold all the all the stuff I was using. Right. And you're Kemper anyway, so you use that, you right. use an expression right. pedal for your volume pedal. And for your tuner, you just use the floorboard. I have a, uh, a Dunlop Volume X right now. It's their expression pedal, volume pedal mix. Is there two jacks or one? Uh, there's two jacks. So, so you could two have both, jacks. both at the same time then? I don't know if you can do it at the same time. I think you have to choose one or the other. Oh. Which, why, like, why would they give you two jacks then? Because one's a, a TRS jack and one is a mono jack. The TRS for the expression. Oh, okay. Because you need the tip ring sleeve. Well, you do on some things. Some things are just control voltage. You can just use a regular volume pedal. Well, with the with the Kemper for the expression function, uh, it needs it sure. Needs okay, sure. I like the way that one works, but the actual resistance of the pedal, I miss about the Ernie Ball one. The physical resistance. The physical resistance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The expression pedals are a little floppy. Yeah, and I don't. In general, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm currently on a on a hunt to find something that I that I like using a little bit better than Dunlop right now. Um, I had the same cool problem with wall pedals. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Um, but so I, you know, that's good to know. I, I, I'm hoping that either you can already use this or uh, I think there's the MVP. I think you can already use those as expression. You just might have to set something different or, or use a TRS cable instead of a volume cable. But but that would be that would be neat, especially with that readout, if you could kind of choose what you wanted it to do, whether it would just be volume or be expression. Because, I mean, theoretically, it's the same... Yeah. Same function. I mean, it's still a potentiometer on a string, basically. Yep. Well, we'll have to get one of those in and, and do a little yeah. review and see uh, see what we think about those when they come out. Um, you know, one of the, uh, the resistance brings to mind one of the reasons I, I like to use the um, Dunlop bass wah. Are you familiar with the bass wah? Of course you are. Is that the one where you it has the... Spring. The spring, yeah. Spring load. It's the white one, I think might be over there behind you but either way it's a it's a spring-loaded one yeah so uh, when you let go it springs back to a starting position right and i thought well that's why don't they do that on regular guitars that'd be so much better I mean, or they, at least give you the option to have a spring-loaded one i think they, they do cool. make them really yeah they're not super common um and mission does those for expression yeah, they have yeah. a spring loaded expression uh but yeah the the crybaby they make one that's spring loaded for guitar i oh. I found that out because a, a yeah. guitar player that I liked when I was younger used it, but only sparingly. And like he wasn't a wah guy, but he right. did like it to kind of spice up solos sometimes. And uh, I was looking up what he used, and that's that's what he had. Which interestingly, the the bass wah actually sounds great on guitar, mm -hmm. as many bass effects do, and it does its own thing. But it's pretty right. cool. It's a, it's more subtle, you know. Right. It's a little more subtle. If you want wild, you grab the EVH and go nuts because that one's just crazy. Right. 
But I do like the fact it's got LEDs. LEDs should have been on every wall from day one. When you turn it on? Yeah. Yeah. Because how many people have left it on and, you know, wondered why your tone is so bad and then it took you so long, most of the song, almost every time to go, oh, and then, you know. You didn't just finish the song, you finished the set. Right. <laughs> in the filter. You, just don't, you don't know neck that. Deep you don't in know the that. But when you do go back to, to use it on the third song later, you go, you click it. And then it's off, and you're like, why is it? <laughs> yeah. I asked Kurt Kamet one time why he, uh, or how he uh, used, he's got like four wahs around the stage, if they were all one central system, or if they were all individual that he had to remember to turn off. Mm-hmm. But he, he didn't know. Man, what a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like we were just talking, we heard Alex Lifeson not know what tubes are in his new signature amp and really didn't seem like he cared one way or another. He just liked the way it sounded. And yeah. at first I condemned him for that in, in, in musical snobbery terms that give, you know, people with podcasts named Gear and Gigs meaning. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking and talking to you about it. It's like, yeah, I guess he's just never had to think about that. He's just... He, you know, Michael Schumacher probably doesn't think about what gases goes in the car or what, you know, what tires go on. He's just thinking about I'm driving. Well, and, and like I said, what a life. Right? Like, wouldn't that be great to yeah. not have to worry about all this crap? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we have something to do I mean, on a Wednesday <laughs> night. But, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where sometimes... It would be nice to have roadies take away all that so you could just think about playing and Actually, the best part about that would be if you actually to the point that you had roadies and, and a, an entourage and a stage set up and all that, then the thing is that you have a built-in audience that wants to hear what you do. Mm-hmm. So you have an outlet for yourself and right. so you can be prolific and feel like it's going somewhere. Well, I've always wondered too, well, I, I say I wonder, there, I have heard multiple conflicting uh, opinions about this from guys that are on the road all the time. That are Come on, that. you and your groupies were talking about it on the tour bus. Right. In the parking lot of the Hilton after you just checked out of the penthouse. And and what happened? Yeah. It's my groupie's name is Seth. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, there's he's no judgment. Not, no he's judgment. Not, uh, he's not cute. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that matters at this point, but moving on. But listening to guys that are like, yeah, I still like to be the one to do my guitar restrings or... You know, I like to be the one to carry it on stage or or go get it because I feel like I'm connected with it better that way versus guys that are like, yeah, man, like it could be a different guitar every night. I don't care. Right. Well, you have your Petrucci's and your, your Eric Johnson's that care deeply about every single particle between their fingers and what you're listening to. And then you got your, you know, BB Kings that probably couldn't have cared less for the most part. Right. And I don't know that about BB King, but he seems like the kind of guy that was into the playing. And, you know, I mean, you know. It's a pure enjoyment of the art, I think. There's nothing wrong with that. No, and I like that. That's, that's a cool thing. It is. And I, I doubt the Rolling Stones are thinking tremendously, ooh, I wonder if my preamp tubes need changing back there. Well, didn't Keith Richards just take off the top string of his guitar because it was getting in the way? Yeah, because he was doing tuning. Yeah, low string, because he was doing tunings all the time, and he didn't need it. He's got another guitar player in the band and a bass player. Well, what do I need that one for? It's just getting in the way, which, you know... It does make it easier to play without, although that does beg the question, well, one-string guitar. And actually, there's a guy on YouTube playing a one-string guitar. I met a guy at NAMM playing a one-string guitar. Did I tell you about that in the last episode? Hmm. I actually met this guy at the NAMM show, Captain Rock from the Planet Rock. He was actually a contestant on Britain's Got Talent. He, he, uh, he didn't make it, but he plays a one-string lifesaver 
guitar. Sure. Right. Made out of a seemingly a lightsaber that was given to him by his boss, Mr. X, uh, to come down and save the planet Earth by teaching everybody to play rock guitar. Right. So he was dressed in, in silver from head to toe. Sure. His toes. As they usually are. Right. His toes had curly elf shoe-like toes. Right. Right? Naturally. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, he was wearing a long cape-like outfit. He had, oh, got to have the cape. And, uh, God, really modern. Like, uh, you remember the the goggles that, that uh, Doc came back with to pick up Marty McFly and his girlfriend? Yeah. Those weird, like, multicolor kind of flat-looking things? Mm. Yeah, he was wearing goggles that looked just like that. Hmm. So he might have been from the future. Right. And... Um, the lightsaber had a string, sure, guitar string, and frets that he had put on the lightsaber. Nothing weird about this. It's almost a cliche. And it was plugged into an amp that he had strapped to his back. Sure. <laughs> I take it. I'm with you. I take it as as a sign of your incredibly uh, good upbringing that you're you're very fine with all this so far. Yes. Okay. Nothing so, weird. No, good. So especially for an amp show. Yeah. So I. Uh, <laughs> I went up and talked to this man because how could I not being on a mission for you people to, you know, let you know what was going on at NAMM. So I came up and talked to him and, and he said, well, this is my, my one string lightsaber. And he began to play it for me. Yes. And I do have a video of that, that I can play for you. In fact, um, let me see if I can uh, upload just a little bit of it right now. Let's let you listen to just a little bit of Captain Rock. Here he is. So that's what that sounded like. It's the sound of a lightsaber, in case you don't didn't know. Now, I don't know if it was a humbucker or a single-coil lightsaber. That I, I'm unaware of. I don't know. That's really all I cared about. I, so this story was a complete waste of time. <laughs> Nor do I know what kind of string he was using or if he was in a tuning. Can you be in a tuning with a single string? Yes. <laughs> Man, the confidence that, that came out of your sentence there. Well, it would still need to be to pitch to be in tune. Like if you don't, would it? The lack of a reference pitch does not well, what's, in what's, tune make. What's reference for lightsaber? It was a red lightsaber, if that helps. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if it's not the correct note in 440. I'm not sure 440 is, is you know, in, in the future or the past. I guess Star Wars is technically in the past. Right. So maybe it was from the past. Very confusing. Nice of him to take the, the, a moment to to spend with us and and play that thing song. Oh, my <laughs> instrument. Right. Let's go on to something a little bit more um, traditional minded. Let's uh, let's talk about Gretsch for a moment. Okay. Uh, Gretsch has come out this year with a tremendous number of new models. They continue to just keep growing. Uh, you know, they got a lot of support now. Right. A lot more people seem to be interested in them. And um, I know you and I have got this uh, kind of like, well, for me, it's it's kind of an ongoing. For you, it's almost a newfound interest in the whole Filtertron sound, that right. that pickup sound, which is, it's unique. It's a weird thing. It's like this, it's like you put a single coil and a humbucker and a P90 all at once into a pickup and said, go. Right. It's got clarity. It's got punch. It's got bottom end, but it's got a certain character. There's a crispness to them. Yeah. That I think is what I like. Yeah, it's like a presence. Yeah. Right there. Feels very in the moment. And they're typically a little more dynamic than a basic humbucker. Yeah, they bark when you hit them. Yeah. 
which is cool. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to uh, to talk to Mr. Gretsch himself, Fred Gretsch Jr., multiple times at the NAMM show, multiple times, I say, because I feel very fortunate to have to have spoken with him even once, let alone twice. Uh, very kind man to, to take the time to speak with me. And, uh, you know, he probably gets inundated with 18,000 people wanting to talk to him all day long. So uh, it was great that he would peel off for just a second and uh, and give us this interview. So let's listen to Mr. Gretsch talk a little bit about what's going on this year at NAM. All right, we are here at NAM 2020 Gear and Gigs, the podcast, and I'm honored and touched to be talking to Fred Gretsch himself. Mr. Gretsch, how are you doing today? Great to be at the NAMM show. It's again. so great to see you yeah. and your company again. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are showing this year? We're showing 30 new models and the biggest wall of Gretsch guitars we've ever had at the NAMM show. 30 new models. How about that? That's uh, incredible. Uh, be, be there or be square. If you're around, come out and see it. That's right. Now, uh, you've been with the company a long time. The company's been around since how long? 1883. Holy cow. Does that make it one of the oldest, I think? Yeah, sure it does. Yeah, uh, that's right up there. 37 years. And, yeah, that's uh, up there with Martin and some of those other big ones. Huh? Sure, sure. Well, Martin's 50 years older than we are. They started in... Uh, uh, 1833. Well, so, they didn't have to worry about electricity, though, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fourth generation. My wife and I run the business uh, and have a daughter in the fifth generation in the business with us 26 years now. And, that is so great. Uh, and, and, and so it's, it's onward and upward. Yeah, you're a great example of a, a family business that's done America proud and created such an iconic line of guitars and, well, everything, really. I mean, your, your artist roster is just incredible. You just must be proud every day of your life. You know, it's what we do, and a lot of blessings. The music business has been good to us. Uh, we've got a big family, and that's a blessings uh, 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 extraordinaire. So. so so let me ask you this, and I know this is going to be a tough question. This is probably like asking what's your, who's your favorite child, but of all your guitars, what would you say your favorite is? Uh, I'd have to pick one every decade. I couldn't pick one. Okay, so, what about so. this? What about the current decade? Well, the current decade, we've got 30 new models. Okay, so, show, I so. see. So you don't know yet. <laughs> jury's still out on that. I see. So, so the jury's still out I see. On, 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 on the current decade. And, right. And, and we, we uh, do a refresh on guitars. We did a refresh on Brian Setzer's guitars at the end of last year. And, really? And so, so there's, there's some guitars that are you know, just uh, up to his latest preferences that... Uh, what's not to love about that? And right. and, and, and uh, Billy Duffy Falcon that we're doing, which is essentially a 70s era, era Falcon that we can continue to tweak to to, to his uh, specs and, and, and the Jet series that we're doing lots of good things with too. So, Which is one of my favorite series, not only because I share its name, but I really love yeah. my my, uh, my Sparkle Jet. Sure. use it all the time. Sure, sure. and the Jets started in the, in the 50s and here we are in the 20s. Uh, with some great new stuff out there. In the new uh, Roaring Twenties, yeah, right? Yeah, in the new Roaring Twenties, that's yeah, right. I like it. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Gretsch. I really appreciate your time. And everybody, make sure you go to the Gretsch website. Check out the 30 new models for this year. That's got to be a record for you guys. And and it, I think it is a record. That's pretty amazing. And uh, what a nice guy. What a great brand. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting as I was listening to that uh, and thinking about his artist roster, it, it really runs the gamut. I mean, we just talked in one sentence, he's talking about Brian Setzer and Billy Duffy. I mean, those are pretty, pretty wide. Yeah. Well, even the guitar player from Rancid or was it Rancid? One of the, the bigger punk bands has a signature model and he plays left. He plays a right-handed one left-handed. Oh, okay. Sure. 
Uh, but they do a right-handed version of his model. Well, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It goes from uh, Reverend Horton Heat to uh, Malcolm Young. It's amazing. Uh, Gretsch has got a sound. They definitely have a sound. And if you're, if you're not, if you haven't played a Gretsch, a lot of people, it's like Rickenbacker. It's one of those brands a lot of people just haven't played. You know, you've seen right. them, you've just kind of either written them off or said, that's not my kind of thing, or you assigned it to a certain kind of music in your head, like Rockabilly, for instance, or whatever. Right. Um, just keep in mind that if, if you're, for instance, a classic rock guy, if you like the Who, right. you like the sound of a Gretsch because almost all their big hits was a Gretsch 6120, which is essentially what Brian Setzer plays. Um, Mark Knopfler's done a lot of stuff on Gretsch. Yeah. Um, it, it's The Beatles obviously did a lot of stuff on Gretsch and those jets and stuff that came out in the 50s. They started using those, what, 10 years later and really used a lot. Well, even some of the new new stuff, I mean, I there are a lot of bands, uh, a lot of worship bands, Worship guys play uh, jets or falcons or things like that, and there's even heavier bands that have started picking them back up again to do to do records. The new, I guess it's not really new anymore. It came out last year, but the new, newest uh, Beartooth record he recorded with like a white falcon and a Marshall stack. No, oh, well. which for that kind of music is kind of not something that you see very often anymore. Usually, it's all computer or uh, things like that. Right. Interesting. Well, you know, it, it, it goes in cycles, so I'm sure the old school ways are going to come back and yeah. with a vengeance and then go away. It'll become all even more digital or holographic or whatever the next thing is after that. Right. Which And, and really, I feel like our what really changes is our production values, not necessarily what we're doing with them or doing within those production values. Because a producer in the 70s, I dare say, would produce something very different than they would in the 80s. Yeah, that's true same thing would be produced very differently and how you produce it matters a lot i mean we talk about all these pedals and guitar amps and guitars and strings and all the pickups and all these things and this the 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 change that you make in your guitar by changing pickups let's say for instance you're getting ready to put some new pickups in a guitar right the guy that records that can not only negate that but go in the opposite direction or exacerbate that or cancel it out or whatever i mean you know what what you can do in the studio once you've recorded it with, with a minor tweak goes far beyond what you could ever do on the structure of the guitar or by changing strings or right. by... So as we worry more and more and more about this kind of stuff, because it's fun to do, we should also remember that we need a strong relationship with the people at the back end, so to speak, to make sure that what we're hearing and wanting comes all the way through the chain because the chain does not end at your guitar amp or if you, you know, go direct at your, you know, direct out. Yeah. It really doesn't. And there's lots of things that can happen after your direct out that can change everything um speaking of uh, technology and uh, the new ways of doing things i saw something by a company called uh vidami okay v-i-d-a-m-i vidami um it's uh they call it a video looper for youtube but what it really is is a foot switch it's mm. a foot switch that has a usb uh output on it it's uh i'm showing a picture of it to trey right now it's a how would you describe it like a five button Strymon sized, give or take, sort of yeah. foot switch. Uh, it's got five switches on it, and that's it. Uh, and there are a couple LEDs, perhaps. And uh, what you do with this is you connect it to your computer, and you can control YouTube videos with it. And for learning and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But let me let the... I did an interview with them at the show, so let me let them tell you a little bit about it directly. 
Hi, we're at NAM 2020 with gear and gigs, and we are at the, you're gonna have to pronounce that for me. Vidami. The Vidami booth, where they have shown me one of the coolest new things. It is a foot controller that controls YouTube videos, and I'm gonna let Austin explain a little further. Yeah, so it's just a pretty straightforward pedal that has five different functions on it for helping you practice hands-free with YouTube videos. So you can skip around backwards, forwards, seeking on the video. You can also play pause, obviously. And then you can set loops and set speed settings. So if I'm practicing a lick that's super tough, then I just sit down, I can like click a button on the, like stomp the pedal, slow it down a little bit, set a start point and an end point on the loop, and then I can keep practicing that until I nail it. So really the ultimate learning tool to go along with what YouTube has become, which is kind of like the ultimate teaching tool. Exactly, yeah. There's so many people nowadays that are learning instead of like in-person lessons, they're doing online lessons and just watching their favorite guitarists on YouTube. So this is just like a super helpful way for you to be hands-free practicing instead of having to deal with like putting your guitar down, seeking on the video, like doing all that, you can just go hands-free and it really just speeds up your learning practice, like practice so much. And if you don't have this, there really is no way to get YouTube to play in slow motion, is there, that I can think of? There is, but it's, you have to go through a couple settings. So it's it's hard to find, it's a little hard to find. Right. Yeah, it's you definitely not You can't keep your hands on your guitar. Exactly, sure. so you, you get broken out of your practice cycle and it's just like hard to stay like focused and into the, like, loop that you were, or the lick that you were practicing. Now I've seen this thing work and it does work really, really well and very transparently. It doesn't seem to have a real uh, lag time in its response or anything like that. Yeah, there's no lag. There's barely any learning curve because the functions are pretty straightforward for you to get going. So really it only takes a few seconds to get going. Basic yeah. USB connection. Yeah, so USB, if you don't have, if you have like a newer laptop that doesn't have a USB port, you can just do a dongle and like do an adapter that connects in. And then we use a Google Chrome extension. So you, you have to use Google Chrome. You just go and download an extension and then plug your pedal in and you're ready to go. Okay, and is there any way to, to, do the, to use this controller with any other videos besides YouTube? Yeah, so YouTube, um, we've got YouTube and Vimeo videos. So those are the two main platforms. And then there's also one of our partners, Marty Music. I don't know if some of your viewers know who that is, but he's a big YouTuber. He has a ton of videos on a different website. Um, so those are three websites that we have going right now, and we're working on incorporating a few more right now, too. Nice, so there's over more expansion and use of yeah, the product. Yeah, we're continuously upgrading. Now, you're probably gonna tell me no, but if I shot a video of, let's say, a famous person doing a concert and brought that video home, can I use this to, what, to control my video? So currently it's only on, on YouTube. Yeah, so only I can YouTube post on YouTube video. on a private account yeah. and then still do it exactly. that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the possibility's that. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a great product. It looks really, really well made. It's uh, it's simple and elegant. And uh, and I think for today's generation of, of learning, man, I think this is going to come in handy. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Dami, everybody, make sure you check that out. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it was... It, I first saw the, when I walked past the booth, I saw this YouTube video playing in slow motion. I saw this guy doing a, a lick on the thing. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I could, you know, because I, I didn't know it was YouTube. I'm like, right. oh man, I wish YouTube would do that. <laughs> and I walk over and it is. I'm like, hey, there you go. Wishes come true. It's uh, it's simple. It's elegant. And, you know, it's like, wow. I mean, if you're going to invest in lessons or in learning or sit there and watch the YouTube, you might right. as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Would you use something like that to learn stuff? Probably not. Um, do you I, do you spend a lot of time on YouTube? I, I don't spend a lot of time ah, on YouTube see, you or go. or learning other people's stuff unless it's specifically for like it would be if I was constantly learning other people's material, 
that I needed to like watch very specific fingerings for or something like that, uh, it would be useful. Um, See, I don't use YouTube to, to learn other people's material. I le- use YouTube to, to get lessons or to, to get to, to watch people do um, improvisation and to, to look at some fingerings and go, well, I wonder how they did that fingering. I'm not going to play that lick, but I want right. to see how they, you know, how they applied their fingers in that way that it was dexterous enough to go as fast as they went or in that particular mathematical pattern. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to steal it. But sometimes, you know, it's it's hard to tell what the guy did and it's deceiving if it's a pattern that jumps intervals and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I can see a real use for it. I like to spend, you know, probably half an hour to to an hour every morning just sitting on the couch um, looking for videos that will inspire me to to learn new things like that. Right. That I was immediately intrigued in. If you do any YouTube video watching for guitar playing or anything, really, I mean, drumming, keyboards, bass, it doesn't matter what it is, I think it would be useful. Or if you just really want to watch, you know, those puppy videos in super slow motion, set up a loop, control it all, run it backwards, you know. Oh, see, now I've got him interested. Now he's like, oh, hey. Views of Jetstone do not accurately represent the views of this company. All right, so we're going to move on. To, uh, to one of my favorite companies, Marconi Lab. Mm. Marconi Lab out of Italy. Uh, I talked to Guido and uh, another fine gentleman that I, uh, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. They were great. They spent a lot of time with me. Um, they've got some very cool things. Now, they do the, uh, the Ego guitar that I'm so fond of and, mm-hmm. and some other guitars along those lines. If you're not familiar with Marconi Lab, uh, look them up. They do some really wild headless designs, um, some very forward-thinking stuff. Now, they've got uh, a new pickup, and they've got a new switch. They've got some other new things, but I really want to talk about their pickup and their switch. So the pickup, first of all, is um, a couple of years ago, they came out with what's called the GMR, which was a giant magnet uh, response pickup. And it, it was basically, um, it used a magnet. It was not a piezo, but it had a br- super broad dynamic response uh, and frequency response. So it had more lows than a typical pickup. It had more highs than a typical pickup. And... Uh, it, it definitely has its own sound. It's very unique. It's very high output. And so they worked with that. Um, I've got one of those on my Ego uh, as well as a couple of magnetic pickups. Um, they worked on that and and kind of uh, developed further and came up with this new design that is a, a super thin, I mean, we're talking, I think it's a millimeter, maybe too thick. It's very thin mm-hmm. wafer looks like, a super lightweight. They look like pieces of plastic. They look like nothing, little rectangles. They can be mounted on, they had them mounted on a little graphite um, tab that they could slide them back and forth and mm-hmm. tilt them in different angles so you could really get lots of sounds. They sounded more like a regular pickup but still had a much broader sound. Brighter brights, lower lows. Um, you'd have to set up your system to work right. with it. But man, the capabilities were there to give you a sound that you really haven't heard before. When I played it, I actually went into a, they had a soundproof booth, which was nice. And I went in and played it through a nice amp. I don't remember what the amp was, but it was a nice amp. And uh, boy, the the uh, the chords, the the notes sounded really um, integrated and um, oh, musical, <laughs> which sounds like a weird thing to talk about notes. They sounded very musical as notes. Uh, the, the, the chords just, I don't know, they leaped out of the speaker right at you and it sounded cohesive. There's the word. Mm-hmm. It sounded cohesive. Um, when as you let the chord ring out, there was just a certain mm, homologous organicness about it. It was great. They were. I was very impressed. You wouldn't want it on everything, maybe, but it was definitely cool. But I did an interview with these guys. The other thing they're going to talk about a little bit is the new hyper switch, which mm-hmm. is a really cool five-way switch that allows you to program it. 
with Bluetooth so that it can control your pickups. They, they put it in theirs as well, but you can control your pickups. So you, if you want position four to be, you know, this and that and the other thing, you can, you can assign it. Combinations of coils, in and out of phase, series, parallel. You can decide whatever you want on any one of those things. It feels identical to a regular switch. It doesn't take up any more room inside your cavity and, you know, allows you infinite possibilities. And you're going to love this. You can change it and set it all up from your phone. Mm. So you can actually go, ah, second set, I want a different th switch. And basically just reprogram it by hitting a different preset in your phone. So now you can Bluetooth your guitar. <laughs> so let's listen to my interview with Guido at Marconi Lab. All right, gear and gigs, this is Jed at NAMM 2020, and I am thrilled to be at the Marconi Lab booth, one of my personal favorite companies, and I'm here with one of my favorite guys in the musical universe, Guido. Guido, I am looking at one of the, even by my standards, one of the strangest looking guitars I've ever seen, and it isn't the shape, because I've grown used to the shape. It's these little tiny wafer-thin pickups. Can you tell me what's going on there? Yes, yes. This, this, we made this project for four years, and it was very long to come to life. And these pickups are three millimeter thick and um, virtually no impedance. And this means you have an immediate attack of the note. And you have a clear sound with really sharp. You can get every detail out of from the pickup because usually uh, the pickup have a lot of impedance and impedance means slow attack of the node and the unlimited frequency response. We have a full frequency response so you can design your sound as you want. You can limit the frequencies you don't want. This guitar is featured with this pickup and having so thin pickup means that you have pickups that don't require cavity so the pickup can be moved on the guitar you can move the the pickup in another position having a different sound virtually you can have only one pickup if you want really as you want and these pickups are active and so they require a battery because they are more than a pickup are a sensor we take a lot from the new things of electronics coming from the automotive world and so we usually say these pickups are based on silicon more than on copper. Oh, okay. So it's a new sound, but it's very difficult to describe because it's different. Not too much, because we want the player to feel the same feedback with a normal pickup, but with many improvements. Well, I'll tell you, having, having played these a little bit yesterday, the things that I noticed is it was immediate response. I mean, as soon as the pick hit the string, the sound was in your ear. Yes, and yes. That, that was astonishing. And then it seemed like the chords held together more, like sonically the, the notes blended together a little bit more and made a more cohesive sound. Yes, yes. One, one is, one, this is one of the reasons we love this pickup. And the other thing is more, very, much more dynamic. So you can have very, you can play with a, with a distorted sound, with a, dirty sound and then you can go from clean to to saturated sound only changing your how you your, play. yes how you play wow so yes. not, not just in the volume control yes though, but just literally how hard you, you have the string. your hand can be the volume wow yes yes really and that's really is cool. something so it's very different the response with the distance from the strings and this was something we started to develop to have on our guitar design, something to be at the end of the fingerboard. 
or inside a fingerboard. Like the GMR pickup that you yes. guys have done in the past. Yes, right. yes. The GMR is the father of this pickup. Okay. And it plays a very important role in the development of our pickup. So if I'm if I'm correct, the giant the GMR is giant magnet, right? It was a gigantic yes, magnet. Yes, yes. Now, do these use magnets? Yes. Okay, yes. So it's not right. You are right. It's not vice or, or something similar. It's magnetic. Neodymium but we use, or what do you? Yes, use? but we use a different in a, the magnetism in a different type. I see. Yes, in a different way. Sorry, in a different way because we we use the magnetism to see the field where the string are moving. And we use the feed disruption to feel the sound, but in a different way. So is it a lighter magnetic pull than a normal yes, pickup? Okay. Yes, yes, that's the way. So you can get them closer if you need it. Yes, okay. But we, but you need, but we need less magnetic field, and this means uh, longer sustain. And yes, I get less really, oscillation. Get yes, yes. That yes. might be some of the thing I heard in accords. Yes. In the complex chords, I wasn't getting as many different uh, artifacts. And yes, yes. And um, this pickup you see is very different because you don't see metal bars because with our system, we don't love to have copper or aluminum near the pickup. Uh, it's very different. This is a secret. <laughs> so we use mainly glass. Like the, the, so this is like, you see the look is like uh, a smartphone. Black with a glass on it. We, we, we like this this kind of look. Yeah. And in the future, we want to integrate the pickup in the pickguard. Oh, okay. So we have a very clean design. But this is not not this time, because this time we want to show the pickup itself. Sure. So and the these people pickups, have to see the pickup. What are they, like three millimeters thick? They're very thin. The pickup itself is two millimeters. Oh, but two with the enclosure, is three millimeters. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. We need, we, need, we need some protection. And I see this one's mounted. We got two pickups in this Ego guitar, um, and they're mounted on what looks like a rail. They slide back and forth? Yes, yes, they can slide. It's very simple. They can slide and then stop. Oh, wow, look at that. And here you, are, you have the screw to set the angle. Oh, so you can twist them a little yes, bit, too? Yes, Oh, that's fascinating. And it's very simple, very, very simple. You have only two screws. You can move the angle, and they can move. Probably it took us more time to find a way to fix the pickup to the guitar then build the pickup itself wow <laughs> well it, it's truly amazing and you guys you know you're you're always pushing the boundaries of, of what's possible but i really feel like you come up with something pretty amazing here i mean the gmr Thank i you love so the much. gmr pickup the gmr yes. pickup is, is very, its own thing it's very yes. cool they are very related the sound yeah but it's yeah i don't know this is more usable somehow i think in a lot of yes. a lot of more context yes Okay, so I, I noticed this other amazing thing over here, and I don't know much about this. It's called a hyper switch. Now, what the heck is that? Oh yes, hyper switch uh, is a project that comes to life in the same times of the other project. And five-way switch. Five yes, switch? it's a five or three-way switch uh, lever, and it's a switch can you can connect with Bluetooth and you can program. So it takes it takes care of the wiring. So you can have you can program uh, which coil you want to sound the pace of the coil for each level position and you can store and program using your phone so android on ios phone so if you had let's say a guitar that had a hsh configuration yes you could say in position five i wanted just the one coil from the for the first yes eight. yes but then on position four i could have everything if i want yes exactly or any exactly. combination of the yes you can make coil. yes you can make uh, in phase or out of phase, as you want. Really? Phase yes. Wow. As you want. As you want. You can choose. We are watching a video now. When it's red, it's out of phase. When it's blue, it's in phase. So you can have the same pickups, but just change the phase on yes. different switches. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Wow. So yes, it's really wow. And you can program what time you want. The sign-on is kept analog, so you don't have any digital. Many people don't love to have the right. sign-on digital. This is analog. You can manage uh, about which, whichever you, whatever you want, and it's very simple because it works with every pickup configuration. From the application, you can say I have a single single embarker or I have two embarkers. As you want, you can program the switch from the app. It's very simple. You say how is your guitar, and then it's set up. It's wow. very used. And if you want to change it, you can do it from on your phone. Via yes, Bluetooth. yes. You can do it only 100,000 times. Oh, oh so well, that's much. a deal breaker, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I bothered everybody with this horrible interview. What was I? It's very much. Wow. Many people are asking us if unit battery. Yes, it's an active circuit. It's a microcomputer, really. But the battery, a 9-volt battery, normal battery, will last as long as 1,900 hours. So I hardly ever jam that long. Yes, it's, it's longer, probably more than a normal switch will last without becoming rusty. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, it's 1,900 is... So if I'm understanding you, the switch requires a separate battery. So if you have if you have active pickups like this, you need two batteries. No, no, it can work with a pickup. Oh, it can work yes, together. Yes, okay. Yes, yes, and because it's very flexible, uh, it requires a supply starting at four volts, going to 15. Okay. So it's very wide. You don't you don't have you don't need any adapter. It's already already can accept all this supply range. Okay. So it's very because we thought to this and uh, even installing we we give an harness so you can you have uh, you have an header uh, you can connect with the wiring coming from the header and you can then solder them it's very simple oh, okay very simple okay we want we want to give to the final user many options well you've certainly done that yes with screw connectors with a uh, uh, wire to solder. And because we thought this product for the installers and for the final retail customer. Right, it seems like almost yes. anybody could get the good out of that. And the, uh, I, I have messed around with this switch and it does feel essentially like a normal five-way switch. It feels like a very solid, nice yes. five-way switch, but it, there's nothing new to learn for the guitar player. Yes, and this is, this is, and this is really, really very silent because uh, you, you can hear anything. We have, we have uh, an option. I was going to ask if it popped at all when yes. it switched. No pop at all. We have we have a, an option called silent switching because the volume is, is shutting down for two nanoseconds. So you can hear anything right. when you're here and and more important than the other thing, you have no latency. Even if you know, even if you try to understand if you have latency, you never hear anything. We have in we have our own protocol to, for communication between board and switches. And this protocol is design, designed to be effective in real time. So probably it will take less than two nanoseconds to communicate. Uh, so it's very, very fast. You can hear anything. It's like a normal switch. Right. Does this guitar have that switch? No, this one. That one does. The reason is with the, the new pickup has no coil uh, split. Oh, okay. So we can use the hyper switch but we lose some option you can have right the split like the button. yes like the coil split we want to show all he, he can do 
and so this is much better. Yeah. We are using, and we want to show the people they can use with their own pickups. Right. That's the reason why this guitar is featured with this, and this guitar not. This guitar not, sorry. Wow. Well, I, as always, <laughs> I'm, I'm just blown away by the, the possibilities that you've given guitar players. Uh -huh. uh, the tonal possibilities alone, just from the pickups, are, are astonishing, and the ability to dial up essential presets of your of your pickups and, and change them on the fly, mind blowing. Once again, <laughs> you guys you so have much. really, so really done it. Everybody, be <laughs> yeah. sure to go to the uh, the Marconi Lab website and check this stuff out. We're looking at the Ego, Ego Hyper Six R Evo and the Hyper Switch, uh, which you. is featured on the uh, on the My Infinity. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Jet for Gear and Gigs. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much, Jet. So, you know, the yeah. switch has got such relevance for so many people. I mean, how many guitars have five-way switches? Well, and it, it sounded to me, and I, and I may be wrong, I don't know if he elaborated on this at some point, but it sounded like you could mix active and passive pickups. I don't think it will care. It's just a switch. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I, so if you, as long as you had the power for it in there, you could go back and forth between those. Because typically you can't. I'm not sure. I don't want to, you know, vouch for that because yeah. I'm not sure. But I would, I would bet that that's something they factored in because yeah. they, they seem like they factored in everything. everything. They're, they're really kind of crazy about that. Um, Guido's the nicest guy. He, he really wants to explain it. He really cares about the end user, and that's that's nice to hear. Um, and once again, I got to stress that those pickups sounded great. They're well worth uh, giving a listen to if you get a chance. I mean, these are not the easiest guitars to find. You may have to rely on online reviews. But I can tell you straight up from a personal standpoint, if you want something different that's not a piezo or anything like that, it's it's but it's it's got that kind of immense frequency response, but not in that brittle way, in a more mm. regular guitar way. Check those things out. It sounded like. Some guitars are amp sound, like when you bypass a tone stack. Yeah, sort of like that, it was but just even very, more so. Very present, punchy, and immediate. Yeah, it was like you tapped in and directly big, to the like to the full. strings. Almost. Well, there's no resistance. Yeah, yeah. Or, or as little as possible. It was it was incredible, and you know when he talks about embedding it into a pick guard, I mean that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Well, you know, we've reached the point where we should probably call this one and come back and visit our NAM debriefing again next time uh, in Part C. I'm going to call this one Part B because, you know, it's it's gets confusing with all the numbers, you know, because I'm a guitar player. Yeah. So for Gearing Gigs, I'm Jed Stone. I'm Trey Hawkins. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And, uh, and we'll pick it up next time with interviews from Christoph Kemper and Pascal from Aristides. And uh, some other exciting stuff, including guitars with, like, uh, built-in video screens in them. So that's all next time on Gear and Gigs. You guys take care. We'll talk to you later.